Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Beyond 365. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dave Harley of Advana Clean of Badgerland. His company specializes in mold remediation and this topic's really important to creating a healthy home because mold affects almost every household in the United States. Um, and, you know, it's found everywhere. It's found in your home. It's found in, in your office. It's found outside. And so I think the key uh, to understanding some of the health um, issues that we have is understanding that mold might take part in that. And so because of that, sitting down with Dave was, was really neat Um What's even more fascinating is that Dave actually spent 30 years in corporate America. He was a financial investor, um, but really felt like something was missing in his life. He really wanted to help people and work with his hands and, and felt that maybe the finance world wasn't the way to do that. So he started looking for franchises throughout the Milwaukee area and landed on Advanaclean, um, and particularly because he felt like if people were having issues with mold, that if he could remediate that and make their lives better, that he would help every single client that he had. In fact, so much so that he created a tagline that we help people to breathe easier, and that couldn't be closer to the truth than, than ever. Dave is actually married. He's got two twin daughters that are in their, their 20s now, and he's lived his entire life actually in, in Mequon, uh, Wisconsin, which is just north of Milwaukee. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting because he actually re he talks about uh, living in his parents' farmhouse and how older homes, some you know, have a have a unique set of air infiltration pieces as well as the newer homes that are you know are tight. And so he has a, he has a good frame of re of reference. He has a extreme passion for you know the the mold mold remediation and mold being the enemy of of us. And and he wants to help out. So with that, let's get to the episode on what is mold and how to identify it. Enjoy. I couldn't be more excited today to be with Dave. Dave, it's it's mold, right? We're talking mold today, and I think that's the funny thing is that we talk about mold all the time, it seems like, right now, right? Yeah, mold is a hot topic these days. <laughs> you can't seem to go anywhere without at least thinking about it. And, uh, and you've got some really interesting topics. Um, they're going to talk about specifically about what mold is, um, some common uh, things to identify them with today. But I think one of the most... Significant things that you said uh, during kind of our, our pre-show was 70% of homes have some sort of mold in it. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, mold is everywhere. You really can't escape it. Uh, the main thing we want to make sure is that there's no active growth going on inside the building, inside your home or your business. Mold needs three things to grow. It needs temperature, food, and moisture. By temperature, I mean mold needs somewhere between 40 and 100 degrees, consistent temperature, in order to grow. 
It needs a food source. It needs something organic to eat. So that would be uh, wood, paper, pet dander, things that you find around your house or that are actually uh, your house is built out of. And it needs moisture. Mold needs moisture in order to grow. The key to controlling mold is controlling the moisture. You can't control the temperature in your house. You can't control the fact that your house is made of food for mold. <laughs> but you can control the moisture. So that's the wild card. That's what we always work with people on, is controlling the moisture in their home. I think that's a really interesting point, moisture, because I think people come up to me all the time and go, you know, what is, when we talk about moisture, are we talking about things like my cooking, my showering? Are we talking about, is, is there, what, could you describe a little bit about, like when, when you say we have to control it, what are, what are some of the things that contribute to moisture in a house? Um, the things that you talked about, um, activities of daily living. Okay. Taking a shower. Uh, I worked with a customer who had mold in the bathroom, and uh, they were struggling to find out why. And then I found out he had four sons that played sports and took two showers a day. <laughs> wow. So based on the number of showers that, that were going on in that house, there was excess moisture in the home. Um, so that, that's one area that you can find it. Cooking. Uh, you need to be using an exhaust fan in your kitchen. Uh, especially if you're boiling water, uh, because that is releasing a lot of moisture into your house. Uh, your basement can uh, release a lot of moisture into the house. Basements tend to be damp. Uh, you get excess water that uh, leaches through the foundation. And uh, what's interesting is what happens in your basement can affect what happens in your attic. Um, we find that a lot of times when customers have mold in the attic, they also have very wet basements. Hmm. And because of something called the stack effect, which is basically your house acts like a smokestack, and it pulls air from the basement up through the house, up through the, the roof, um, because of that stack effect, that moisture gets deposited in the attic, and then you've just created your trifecta. You've hmm. got food, you've got temperature, <laughs> and you've got moisture up in the attic. It's like the perfect environment, huh? It is. So, yeah, and I think I've, I've run across this with, um, especially in the Milwaukee area, uh, which is where we're, we're based out of, um, I, f I tend to walk into a lot of kitchens and I, uh, back in the day that didn't have exhaust fans, I mean, it, it, or they had a mm -hmm. fan that was like a sidewall fan. Um, and then people always ask me uh, on the more of the contracting side, they're like, well, I mean, we don't really need an, an, an exhaust fan. I mean, what's it for? And surprisingly, the, the real answer for that is elimination of moisture, which is why, um, I mean, smells are there. There is no code, actually, in, in the state of Wisconsin that requires an exhaust uh, hood. But we, we came across this where recirculating hoods would were coming in into fashion, meaning you weren't exhausting mm -hmm. that to the outside. And people complained a lot about seeing mold or there's a high humidity level. And I tell them, well, if you're just recirculating, you, the charcoal filter is designed to get rid of the smells, but it's definitely not designed to get rid of the humidity, Right, right. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where I tell people, really, it's about the moisture. And you can tell when you're cooking and you see, like, especially in the winter months here, you'll see that moisture develop on the inside of, like, a window in the kitchen. Exactly. And that's how you know you got too much in the house. Exactly. <laughs> so, excellent. So, is this, is mold, are you, are you, are you finding that um, it's, as, it's as common in households today as it was 50 years ago? Uh, actually, it's more common today than it was 50 years ago. Um, if you think back 50 years ago, houses were uh, kind of uh, drafty. You know, 
uh, windows were made of wood. Uh, they didn't seal super tight. Um, and so there was a lot of air movement going on in the house. The way we build houses today, um, we build them super tight to make them efficient. Mm -hmm. So they use less energy. It's uh, cheaper to heat them and cheaper to cool them, that sort of thing. But in doing so, we trap the moisture in the house. We create this building envelope that the moisture can't get through. And now we're feeding potential mold. So that, that moisture condenses on cool windows and mold grows on the windows. Let me understand this right. So I, I might be better off with an older home as far as mold goes. Is that what you Well, I, I own an old house, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm partial to old houses. <laughs> sure. But uh, no, it, it basically means you have to pay attention to some of the things that we just talked about, uh, using an exhaust fan when, when you're boiling water or taking a shower leaving that exhaust fan on after you have left the bathroom. Leave it on for a good half an hour um, to exhaust all that moisture. Sure. Sure, yeah, it's, it's, it is it, intuitive when we talk about healthy homes. Uh, one of the things I always say is people say, well, if I can't build new, um, what's the best, what, what should I be looking for in a, a home? And I always say the older, the older home, the better. Yeah. And they think that's counterproductive. Like, no, I don't want an old home. I mean, I, I want a healthy home. And the best practices that were actually, they were hardwood studs. We, we see solid wood subfloors. We see metal cladded cabling for electrical. I mean, actually, they have everything that we are saying we should use in a healthy home in a new build is actually done 20s, 30s, 40s, in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. And so... It's, it is not surprising to hear you say older homes are better and only better in the fact that they were breathable. And so yeah. I guess I, I want to make sure that if you're listening out there, it's not that that can't be a mold problem. I mean, old homes still can have mold problems, but historically because you're saying because of the movement, that transfer of air, it, it just, we, we, we saw less of it. Is that correct? Yeah, that's okay. correct. I mean, I, you know, my house is 100 years old and my basement is dry. I have a sump pump that never runs. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, an older house is uh, more efficient. More efficient. All right. All right. Well, and when, when we talk about mold, um, obviously we want to make sure that you're, you're mentioning things like shower and fans for dehumidification. So even if we get it in, uh, and we'll probably touch base more on, on how to get rid of stuff uh, later, but at this point, when, if I have mold, do I just assume that any type of mold I see is bad? Um, not all mold is bad. Um, if you take, for example, uh, penicillium mold, a uh, very common mold that you find in, in houses and that sort of thing, there's a, a strain of penicillium called penicillium notatum that we create penicillin from, and that's hmm. saved millions of lives over the years. So it's derived from mold? Really? Derived from mold, <laughs> yeah. Who would have thunk? Uh, there's one called penicillium roque 40 that makes blue cheese, hmm. which is tasty. Mm-hmm. So um, I, there are other strains of penicillium that are not good for you. Uh, the penicillium uh, patulin creates tumors. Ooh. So that's a bad penicillium. <laughs> right. But uh, not all mold is bad. Um, but what we tell people is if the mold is bothering you, it's bad, and it, it needs to be taken care of. So uh, you know, just because it's not black mold, you know, black mold is not the only mold that can uh, bother people. Hmm. Um, it could be green, blue, purple, white. It could be any color. It's the mold that bothers you that you need to take care of. 
Got it. Got it. And I would imagine um, one of the reoccurring themes that runs through us on uh, on the healthy side of things when we're, when we're talking about healthier homes is, you know, even if it's currently not bothering you, it's one of those things that if you see it, we, we want to get rid of it. We don't want to. We don't want to take the chance that over time you could become bothersome for it. Because I would imagine long term exposure to any type of mold may not be in the best interest of anybody. Correct. Correct. Uh, mold creates um, VOCs, volatile organic compounds, and mycotoxins, um, which are toxins created by a microscopic organism. Um, those can significantly impact your health. And uh, the thing that you have to bear in mind is certain types of mold will continue to put off these VOCs and mycotoxins even after it's dead. Mm. So uh, the key to mold, uh, mold remediation is removal of the mold. You have to remove the, the mold physically from the home in order to adequately take care of it. Sure, sure. So how, how would I identify um, if there's mold in my house? I mean, obviously, the easy one is I, I would see it, right? So if I, but are there under, other indicators that I might have mold in my house? One of the most common ones that um, we find is uh, people talk about a musty smell or a damp smell. Um, if you have a musty smell in your home, you likely have mold somewhere in the, in the house. Um, people complain of chronic coughs or uh, muscle aches that just won't go away. Um, another common one is allergies that flare when you're at home but get better when you leave. So you go to work, your sinuses clear up, everything's great. You get home and you immediately start to get stuffed up again and uh, start sneezing and that sort of thing. Uh, if someone in your home has asthma, uh, that can be an indication. Uh, mold can actually uh, cause asthma uh, in people, uh, your eyes are always irritated, um, itching, watering, that kind of thing. Um, and obviously if you see mold, if, yeah, I, I mean, so. if, if you see stains, um, water stains, that sort of thing, it could be an indication that there's mold. Even water stains, huh? Even water stains because uh, the mold could be developing inside the walls. Hmm. <laughs> that seems scary. <laughs> So you had talked about, um, you know, if you leave the house uh, and then you come back to it, but it also could be, I, I know I've, I've talked to numerous pe people over the years that actually go to their work. Um, I, I think we're more on the work atmosphere on the commercial side of things. I think that there's a little bit more uh, landlords are a little more careless. I think they don't get to leaks and roofs in commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine these same principles apply to your office too, right? Absolutely. Um, we're doing more and more commercial work um, these days uh, where uh, companies are finding mold um, in the walls. Uh, we do, a, we do uh, air duct cleaning as well. That's one of the services that we provide. And we're doing more and more air duct cleaning for companies that have employees complaining that when the ventilation system is on, it's causing them some issues it's causing them to sneeze or it's causing them to cough or get stuffed up. So uh, we're doing a lot more air duct cleaning in commercial businesses as well. Yeah, I think that's that's really key if you're listening, that it doesn't, you know, 
identification is what I say. Sometimes it takes a little bit of investigative work to actually start noting where you're seeing these symptoms. I mean, is it at your place of work? Is it at home? Um, understanding how you feel when you leave and go to those, those, those places, come from those places, and to start talking about it. I think it's neat to hear that you're actually getting more calls on the commercial level because I think you have a right to, to speak up about it. And I think that's that's critical that you tell your employer that it's, it's not, I don't feel as well here as I do at, at, at home. Yeah, and employers are um, becoming more sensitive to that and are taking steps to uh, clean up the environment uh, for their workers. Excellent. So what's actually investigative work takes us into the, another thing that I want to talk about because you, you, you um, you've, you've talked to me a couple times about becoming a mold detective. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to say. And if you're listening out there, you're going to want to kind of take some notes here. Is Dave, t- talk to, to the audience about how they can become a mold detective. Sure. Um, probably the best way to do it is grab a flashlight and a ladder and uh, take a tour of your house uh, with the sole um, idea that you're going to find any mold that you have in your home. So start in your basement. Um, Take a look in the corners. Uh, look behind the uh, washer and dryer. Uh, look at your water softener. We see, see mold uh, growing on the outside of water softeners very frequently because they sweat in the summer. Sweat. Oh, okay. um, so that, that's a good indication that uh, you may have an issue if there are black spots, for example, on your uh, water softener. Uh, look up. Look at the floor joists and the subfloor above you. Um, is there uh, dark stains on it or uh, like a white powdery substance on it? Uh, that could be an indication that you have mold. Um, check cardboard boxes. They're c- common uh, breeding grounds for mold. Um, move the boxes. You know, is there a wet stain where the box was, indicating that the box is, is damp, that sort of thing. Uh, move up to your living space. Look under the sinks. Uh, look under your kitchen sink. Um, take everything out. Look around under there with a the flashlight. Um, is anything leaking? Is, uh, is it damp? Is, does it smell funky? Um, look in closets. Um, if you have a bed that's pressed up against the wall, move it away from the wall. Uh, that can sometimes trap moisture and uh, mold can grow uh, mm. between the bed and the wall. Uh, check the ceilings. Look for water stains. Um, Finally, check the attic. Uh, stick your head up in the attic. You don't necessarily have to go up in there, uh, but more power to you if you can go up in there. <laughs> um, but check the rafters. Um, check the bathroom vents. So if you've got a bathroom vent on the second floor, does it go all the way out through the roof, or does it just dump that warm, moist air right into the attic? Uh, it was a common building practice 20 years ago to just vent bathrooms into the attic. And that is a very common cause of mold growth in the attic. I can't imagine why. I mean, we're just going to take all that moist air from the bathroom and just dump it in the in the attic, which you currently said earlier was the worst place <laughs> to have exactly. it develop because it's got all three pieces there, right? Temperature, food, and a water source, right? So, exactly. wow, that's that seems awful that we were just dumping it in there. And we didn't know it, right? I mean, I think at the time, you know, I, I don't know if it was just, I don't want to say it was lazy, but it just seemed maybe it People worried that it was going to blow air back into it, into the bathroom, and so they thought, yeah. well, we'll just dump it in the attic, right? Yeah, um, we've seen them also uh, vent into the soffit vents. And the problem with that is what, the soffit vents are an intake for air. <laughs> sure. So you're blowing the warm, moist air out, and it's turning right around and coming right back in 
through the adjacent soffit vents. So you want it to be exiting through the roof itself. Got it, got it. And with bathroom fans, too, um, what's your take or your thought on, I've heard, pros and cons to insulating that fan so that we don't get moist, like especially in our winter climate. Well, those attics will get relatively cold. We're, we're throwing hot air up there. And I've heard um, kind of a, both sides of the equation on, well, that outside of that vent, if it's hard piped out, is going to sweat on inside the attic. So they want to insulate that pipe so it actually keeps warm all the way to the roof. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a good idea. Um, any time you can insulate the attic from the rest of the house is also a good practice. Uh, the intrusions into the attic, like electrical boxes and can lights, can allow warm, moist air to come up from the, the living space into the attic. Hmm. And so it's a good idea to insulate any intrusion into the attic any anytime you cut into that uh into the ceiling uh you want to be able to seal that up on the attic side so that that warm moist air doesn't get up there the same holds true for the attic access so uh, a lot of people don't insulate that attic access they've got you know a piece of half inch plywood just covering a hole and uh you know it creates a very large opening um, that uh, warm, moist air can get up from the living space and condense on the sheathing and cause mold to grow. So sure. You want to weather strip that at least. Yeah. I think one of the indicators that I've, I've seen with people, I always ask them if their bathroom fan drips. Have you ever, I don't know if anybody's ever talked to you about that, but every once in a while I get someone to be like, oh, in the wintertime my bathroom fan drips. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's probably because that pipe up there is not insulated and so it's condensing actually inside the pipe yeah. and coming back into the house, which we, we definitely want to get rid of that. Uh, I guess one one other thought I have um, on exterior uh, that we haven't touched base on is I think one of the common uh, pieces that we run across is hose bibs, like where you mm-hmm. connect your hose to the outside. I think people forget that it's another plumbing piece, right? And it can be leaking on the inside, even outside leaking where it's constantly dripping on a foundation wall that's then wicking the, the moisture through it. Um, I tend to find that people kind of throws the side, ah, it's just dripping. Like, it's not a big deal. But that, I mean, I would think that that would have an effect, especially if that line's the summertime, it gets warm in the, you know, in the base of the joist and it's starting to sweat because that constant water's moving through it. Um, I tend to find mold around hose bibs a lot. Have you run across that at all? We have. Um, that's a common place. Uh, just pipes in general in basements tend to sweat um, if they're not insulated. So it's, it's really a best practice to insulate the cold water pipes in your basement, uh, you can buy that uh, tubular insulation that's um, uh, made for uh, plumbing pipes at pretty much any home center, and it's a pretty straightforward process to uh, install that. I think I'm going I'm to go back to that statement because I think it's if, if you didn't catch it, he said actually wrapping the cold water pipes. And I think that's fascinating because I think people intuitively go, well, my hot water, I want it to stay hot all the way to where we're going. So I've, I've walked into plenty of homes um, and seen the hot water lines wrapped. Uh, but to your point, not very many cold water lines. And that's, it's in our climate, especially in, in Wisconsin, I have definitely come into many pipes that are sweating. So that's, that's we want to wrap both pipes. If you're, if you're going to do it, wrap them both. That, that way you can kind of warn against that, I, that I would think, correct? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, Dave, this is this has been fascinating. Is there any last thoughts before we before we say goodbye to our, our listeners for this time? I think the uh, main thing is if you have a mold issue, uh, have an expert take a look at it. 
Um, they can give you good advice on what you can do to reduce the moisture in your house and uh, can tell you what you need to do to take care of the mold issue that you have. Excellent. Well, everybody, thank you today. Just some awesome ta some takeaways like we always do. 70% of homes have some sort of mold in it. So it's almost a guarantee that your house currently has mold in it. We don't want that mold sitting around. We, we learned today that, you know, if, even if it doesn't affect you right away, it could affect you long term. But if you've got any things like asthmas or allergies, muscle aches, chronic cough, or if you got that musty smell in your basement, you're going to want to make sure that you get a professional out there to help track it down. Dave gave you some advice on mold becoming a mold detective. I like the way that he says that. A mold M, he calls it an MD, MD mold detective. Now grab your flashlight, walk around, look in those, those, those hard-to-find places. Boxes are a big one. I tend to find that that's my key indicator. I just move a couple boxes around someone's corner or on the floor. Look for that moisture underneath. If you're seeing water spots... We've got to get that taken care of that will become mold. And actually, one final fun fact, Dave, how long does it take for mold to develop if you've got water on water in your house? It can take as little as 24 hours. 24 hours, and I think that is an incredible figure. You only have 24 hours if you start to find water in your basement or around those walls before mold's going to start. So by the time you move that box, it may have more than likely already started. So we want to get a professional like Dave over at Advanta Clean of Badgerland. Dave, thanks again for your time today. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Step Beyond Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.